Good morning. So, opening our homes. I want to take my Bible out and say that this book is full of knowledge. Studying the word, attending a service might bring understanding. The application of what we hear is wisdom. Hearing we should meet in each other's homes is good. Understanding what will happen if we do that is what I want to bring today and encourage you with, which is the wisdom part. And I do want to believe that we all, we all pray, God, I need wisdom. Here's the book, full of wisdom. The question is, do we apply what we hear in his word. I want us to be a family that are not just hearers of his word, but also doers. So if I go back to to scripture in Genesis 1.28, on the sixth day, God blessed Adam and Eve and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Not going to read the rest. Be fruitful and multiply. My selfish version of this a few years back, many years back, was be fruitful and multiply. It's for skulk. This is for skulk. I can be fruitful and multiply and be more. Studying God's word, being fruitful and multiply is a God idea of in if we do that the good news will spread being fruitful i'm going to emphasize what fruitful is is i bear fruit not for myself but for others the consequence of being fruitful is we are fed We are lifted and we are sometimes pruned with God's word so that we can be people of God's character and also of Christian conduct. So the fruit that we, I'm going to go into Matthew 22, sorry, John 15 and it reads, Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. And Matthew 7, 16, they will know you by your fruit. I want to to encourage you or to challenge us this morning to say that being fruitful is you in abundance or even overflow of what God has put inside of your heart when we connect, engage, and spend time with Him. I want to, to just quickly read this John 15, 6 and 17 again. It says, You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruit. Now, lasting fruit, I believe, is not fruit 
for myself, but it's where I, my fruit is helping my wife, is helping Mornay, is helping Dai. That is everlasting fruit. If we are a congregation that carry fruit, we will multiply. I do believe that because of what we are doing, we have multiplied. I remember a few years back, I said to one of the leaders, let's start to market our church where we are and put banners up. And, and he challenged me to say, Scott, we don't have to market. We don't have to advertise the church. God will add to the church. It's not our church. It's his church. And he did say, I will build my church. So again, just my, my thinking was challenged. And today, we have done no marketing. What we have here today is what God has added. And that's something beautiful. So it must have started with something like, we choose to love one another. It's also at the end of verse 17, John 15, is this is my command, love each other. The second scripture that I want to read this morning is 22, Matthew 22, 36, where the disciples asked Jesus, Teacher, which is, the, which is most important? Which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? Jesus replied, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. So, doing this, opening your home, do we really understand what this means and the impact that this will have? As you open your home, you are making an impact on someone's life. You are busy serving someone. You are showing love to someone. You are potentially helping someone. You are potentially encouraging someone. And you are modeling something, you're modeling a godly principle to someone. And this all is a form of discipleship. And discipleship if we hear the word, and I want to just be vulnerable here, when I heard the word discipleship many years back, it was like, it's for those select few, for the leaders, community leaders, lead elder pastors, they must do that. But by doing this, we are discipling. And we are busy doing something that God has commanded us many, many years back. And I want to read the scripture. It's, therefore, before I read this, I'm going to invite Jesus into the room. He's here. But I want to ask him to open the service today. And my question will be, what will he share this morning, today the 14th or the 14th of January? I do know that God is the same. His word never changes. And I do think that God will, Jesus will, will stand here and say, go 
and make disciples. Go and make disciples. That will be his instruction to us that have not changed since the day when he gave it to us. So I don't think the message of a new year, a new you, and more than I has mentioned a few, is relevant to what God would have said to us. Go and make disciples. Baptize them in the name of Jesus, Father, the Holy Spirit. So going to the scripture of Matthew 28, 19, It is not a message of asking you to, to go and be a disciple. Is if we open our homes, discipleship will happen. Is, thank you, Morne. Can you help me with that? I don't want you to now switch off and think this, this is a message on discipleship. But I want to please God. I want to be obedient to His word, to His instructions. And knowing that I'll be someone that can make an impact on someone's life by just opening my home, being vulnerable enough to say, hey, we're a family. We're not a perfect family. And potentially encouraging someone, potentially showing love to someone. That is really encouraging to know we're busy with discipleship. And Last week, Mornay taught on, he said, imagine if we do this. And I want to dig into what will happen if we do this. But before I do that, I want to just quickly give you guys the difference between salvation and discipleship. I'm not going to give you my opinion on what I read here. That's for you to decide. But it's very sort of was an eye-opening, just a reminder of me saying, hey, there's something more than just salvation. And the question, what's more important, salvation or discipleship? Salvation is free, where discipleship is costly. The next one, salvation is about coming to Christ. Discipleship is about following Christ. Next one, salvation is about what God gives us. Discipleship is about what we give up for Christ. And the last one, salvation is not something we deserve. And discipleship leads to reward. So what I do see here is the importance of discipleship. If we look at salvation briefly, it's given. It's there. Discipleship is a choice. And when you, are, when you get saved, that was a great day in my life. Does that call us and pull us towards, hey, there's more people like this skull that needs to get saved. And the salvation topic, how many people did you save last year? Sure, it's a difficult question. But what are you doing then? Let's, let's take one step back. We are discipling people. And by discipling people, we're multiplying ourselves and salvations will happen. Right? So, let's look at scriptures 
that encourages us to open our homes. The first one in Galatians 5. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one commandment. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. Philippians 2. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from His love? Any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Is that good? It's, 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 not, it's not my scriptures. It's exactly taken from the word of God. And sometimes I am selfish. <laughs> I want to not invite people or not to engage with people because, hey, I had a tough day at work. Going back to, to my opening is a, a, a year of purpose. My work will come and go. But engaging, connecting with people has got everlasting value. And I know today as I stand here, the person that had a great impact on my life is praying for me now. If it wasn't for that person who helped me to get rid of the rough sides of the diamond, I would have been probably in a different road today. And that is the power of not being selfish and reaching out, opening your home. The last one I'm going to read is in John oh, 1 Thessalonians 5.11. is so encourage each other and build each other up. Just as you're already doing. So we've experienced great growth. Not that growth is important. Because of the way we are loving each other. I do think we can do a lot better though. So, by doing this, I do believe we are fulfilling our role as a church. To lead people to become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. If I read those scriptures again, it's more about other people than about myself. Did you all read that as well? So, I want to quickly show you just the power of what happened in Acts when people did what God called us to do. I'm going to go over it quickly because that's not the message today, but I want to show you through God's word what happened. It's very small. I'm going to just read it on my notes. The results, the consequence of the outcome meeting together, Acts 2.26 
where they broke bread in their homes together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Acts 5.14, yet more and more people believed. Acts 6.1, disciples were increasing. The next slide. Acts 6.7, the word of God kept spreading. Acts 9.31, they enjoyed peace and continued to increase. Acts 12.24, the word of the Lord continued to grow. Acts 16.5, the churches were being strengthened in faith. That is, that is, dance for joy. <laughs> <And> you're sitting. <laughs> that is so encouraging. The, the over and above bonus is, it increased. There was added many people. I don't think we're a church where we say count numbers. Today we had 150 people. Well done. That was a great service. But if we look at the scriptures and see what happened when people meet together as Christians, they multiplied. Be fruitful and multiply, Genesis. Be fruitful and multiply. That's God's idea. And his idea is for us to spread the good news. And he is giving it to us what will happen. Now, if this is a business plan, hey, we'll make good money. But money is not important. People is important. I can't tell you how many times people have phoned me over the years at the right time to pray for me, to encourage me, because they just felt they must pray for me. That's worth than, than a lot. That, that, that is priceless. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? I want to read to you the modern day version. It doesn't exist, okay? But it's the modern day version of Acts 2.42. Are you ready? Put on your seatbelts. This is not scripture. It is modern day version. It's, 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 it's written by the world. They were devoted to their comfort, happiness, personal goals, dreams, and bucket lists. No one really noticed the Christians because they focused on themselves. Very few of the followers were together, and when they were, they fought about stupid things. The coffee is cold, or whatever. There's no signs or whatever. Next slide. If they sold anything, they used the money to buy something better for themselves. They claimed to love God, but they didn't even love each other. So they felt empty, alone, and depressed. As a result, <laughs> most people disliked them, and very few lives were very few lives were changed. That's not us. But we all have something of that inside of us. And my prayer for myself is: Well, I just have five percent less of selfish ambitions this year than I had last year. Just five. I'll be a better vision of Skulk by the end of this year. And I do think this is in line with what God wants us to do. So delete this, Yanni. We don't, this is not scripture. No one take photos. This is not real. But it's happening in the world. And I want to refer to this as potentially people that are not Gentiles, not saved yet. But there's stuff in, that stuff written on there that's in me. And I need God to help me every day to be less of that for myself. 
So let's go back to the word where we receive encouragement to open our homes. And this again, when I read this this week, it's like, <laughs> I've read this before, but reading it, preparing for this message, is like, it was here all the years. Let's read 1 Peter 4. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality. Hospitality, open your home to one another without grumbling. My home is too small. No, no, no. Your home is not too small. It's not too small. If it's too small, if it's a one bedroom and it's, it's untidy, go to the park. Go to the nature reserve. The home is wherever we meet together. Our home is today, yeah, quite a big, big home. Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. Next scripture is 1 John 13. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And we will be making disciples. And if there's, again, I'm a checkbox guy. Tick. Now, God is not a checkbox God. But if I can be more obedient this year than last year, I think I've had a better year. I'll never be perfect. I've made peace with that. I'll never be perfect. And no one here will be perfect. So sorry for those of you who are clearly close to it. You're not perfect. The church is not perfect. Opening your home, today I want to guarantee you, you will take offense within the first two months. That person will not say thank you for the lovely meal you cooked. They won't bring milk or anything actually to contribute towards the feast. They might destroy your carpets. The naughty children might jump on your beds or break something. It will happen. Are we okay with that? Are we still opening our homes? Are we still opening our homes? That's going to happen. And I wasn't going to use a scripture. Amri helped me yesterday to go through my final sort of notes and say, take that one out. I'm putting it back. It's, we are, when we open our homes, we sow seeds. If Blackie invites me to his home, I know there'll be a big braai. I know there'll be lots of wood and it'll be, it'll be a lack of feed, a braai flies. I've lost my train of thought now. Oh, yes, sorry, sorry, sorry. Blackie will, I'll see, I'll probably notice the way Blackie and Pauline talk to each other. I'm like, yo, he's really in love with her, but they've been married for 20 years, and I see something in them that I want. I won't tell him, though. It's, I'm, I'm too prideful for that, that I've actually learned something from him. I'll go home and say, babe, I love you. I go to... You're not married yet, so we can, we can care every now and then, okay? So happy with that. I go to Craig's home, and Craig not only love his wife, but serve his wife. Hey, I am going to do that as well. So they've planted the seed. They're watering it. God is doing the work inside of my heart. I'm saying, babes, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 
Um, so, this is God's word. I can walk out here and I can dance for the whole day. Because this has brought hope to me. Someone who was lost and didn't understand this thing about kingdom. I'm only helping you with what I read. I'm excited. I'm grateful to have what I have. What are we doing about opening our homes? If your home is a mess and you're too embarrassed to invite someone, clean it up. Clean it up. It's a good thing to do. And in fact, maybe we should say, I'm coming to you next week. Whether it's small, big, ugly, tidy, we all can be tidy and clean. Let's do that. Because something of you will show. And we all have gifts. Someone prayed this morning, we might be struggling with stuff. There's sin, there's whatever it might be. Don't wait for the day of being perfect. Discipleship is not a destination. You'll never get there. It is today you can make an impact. Does that excite? Can we dance? Thank you for those who are wearing pink today. You really encouraged me. It's, it's such a positive flavor in this room and helped me to, to get to this. So the last scripture I want to read is, this is what you want to hear one day. Well done. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've done it. You've done it. Go and make disciples. It's a verb. It's work. It's not go and make disciples and if you feel like it, don't do it today. Tomorrow is another day. Go and make disciples. We do it. We involved. We grow. The, co- the consequences, we are connected. We're safe. And he's saying, you've been faithful with a few things. Fruitful. You are fruitful. Your fruit was for other people. Not for you and your house and for yourself. I'll put you in charge of many things. And let me quickly, I want to add this this part of the scripture. It's not legal, but I'm going to do it. Sorry, Kristen. And God's saying, Craig, I want to come and show you. You opened your homes 50 times. 40 people told you you're rubbish, but I want to show you. They're all here. They're saved. They chose you at a service in Bloemfontein. And said, yes, Lord, I want to do this. I want to serve you. I want to be obedient to your call to say, let's go make disciples. That is the preach. But there's more. There's more. With this being said, We have an opportunity. To accept that discipleship is not a destination. But that we can do this today. Discipleship is humility. You're doing a lot, you don't get any reward for it. You don't get recognized for it. 
So I'm just preparing you, thickening the skin to be prepared for the battlefield. It is a sacrifice. It's a service. It's helping other people to become what God has called them to be and to walk in His purposes. Not the modern day version of Acts 2. So, if I ask people in this room, you, my family, can you remember when someone made a huge impact on your life? Go back. Someone made a huge impact on your life. Can you remember that day? Your salvation could potentially be one. Do you remember that feeling of, this is my lifeline, or this was my prayer? So, if I can challenge you for a second, if you have to stand here today and we ask the question, that's for me as well, in a room like this, how many people will say that you have made an impact on their life? How many? Because we've just seen we can do it tomorrow. It's not a destination. It is given to us. Now, I think if, we, if we're honest, with these gifts being given to us, and that just the knowing, if, if you still discover your gifts, that's good. But just the knowing that we are saved, we know where eternity is, we know where heaven is. I do think we should start right now and not wait. So, I'm going to leave you with two questions that we can use every single day. And I want to call it the daily discipleship self-assessment. Daily discipleship self-assessment. Is the first one, the first question for yourself is, who did I impact today? And if you're intentional about this, you'll be surprised by how many opportunities you have to help someone else. I have never not, I've never prayed for someone not to see an amazing response to say, yo, that was just what I needed. I know I received it many times. So, who did I make an impact today? And the second one is, and it's not about you, but it's how will I be remembered by the people that I've worked with today? How did I point them to Jesus? That's the two questions. And again, I want to close by saying, you might only be doing the seeding or the watering. The word says, God will grow the seed. He is in charge of that harvest, not Skalk from the Amen.